Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate capacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes it's legal in all 50 states requires no background checks and can be shipped right to your door visit burna.com slash jesse now for an exclusive 10 percent discount nowadays 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas you know what it will get you though for just 20 bucks a month you can get unlimited talk text and plenty of 5g data from my sponsor and my cell phone company pure talk make the switch today and save an additional 50 percent off your first month choose a wireless company who shares our values go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries that's puretalk.com slash jesse newton group transfer they are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. Uh, these stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. There are days 
on this show where we cover cool stories, battles, sieges, weapons, generals. Sometimes it's not warfare related at all. Sometimes we cover explorers, things like that. Crazy adventures. Let me just tell you right now, this is not one of those days. Today, you have been warned as of right now, it's getting dark in here. What would you do to stay alive? What wouldn't you do is probably a better question because that's a difficult one to answer, right? What would you do to stay alive? You don't know what you don't know what you're being presented with. I, I don't know a lot. I, I want to live, right? That's probably what you're thinking. What wouldn't you do to stay alive? I guess I should ask. What are your boundaries in life? You have a moral code of some kind, undoubtedly. Everybody does. Maybe based on your belief in God, your non-belief in God. Maybe based on your parents. But you have some sort of a moral code. Even the most low-down, dirty, scumbag criminal has a code of some kind. Not, Not one you would want, but they have one. ISIS. ISIS guys had a moral code. Clearly not one you want to follow, but to have a moral code. What wouldn't you do? What I'm asking is, you will do this or you will die. What is the this? Or to take it one final step further, picture the person you love the most in this world. Let's set you aside. Maybe you're selfless. Maybe you're one of those people. You've got a good heart. Or people. Take two or three of them. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's your husband. Your children. Not just your children. Your young children. Age of three. Seven. 10, 12 years old. Maybe your kids are older. Picture them at that age if they are. Look at them in their eyes. What wouldn't you do to make sure they live? 1846. United States of America. Kind of. 1846 United States of America is not what you picture now. Remember, we didn't really have complete control of the country yet. Oh, we had the Louisiana Purchase, as you well know, because you listen to this show. But we had Oregon Territory. We had California Territory. These things are under dispute. Actually, during our story, war is going to kick off with, with Mexico over a lot of this stuff. But people are moving west at this time. And I need to clarify something 
right off the bat. Something we all need to be aware of because history gets this wrong and narratives get this wrong a lot. When there is a gold rush, 1849 gold rush and other gold rushes, gold rushes prompt people who are poorer to take big risks to go get rich. They also prompt rich people to go out and get richer. They don't, and we'll go into that some of that here in a little bit. However, when there are no gold rushes, the United States of America, the government itself, has a more difficult time than you think getting people to move into the territory. You need, you're America, you own it. You need people to move into it. That is a fact. Remember, possession is nine-tenths of the law. You can say you own it all you want unless you have settlements there, towns there, civilization there. It ain't yours yet. So you need people to move there, and it's not that easy to get people to move there. And what I say, the reason we get this wrong sometimes is we picture all the people moving west in a covered wagon of these this destitute family just out there trying to trying to find a way to make a buck. Ah, that applies oftentimes to a gold rush period of time, but in between rushes of something specific, it was actually middle class, upper middle class, and wealthy people who were doing lots of the migrating. Why? Because they were the only ones who could afford it. Wagons, a covered wagon you can picture in your mind. I know you're picturing it right now. That's a car to them. That's a car, probably more more than a car financially to them. Because not only do you have to get the wagon to move out west, you have to equip the wagon with a lot of stuff. Let me ask you something, not to nerd out on the details here. Think about your bank account right now. Hopefully you're doing well. Maybe you're not. How many months worth of food and supplies, necessary supplies your family need, how many months of that do you have in your bank account right now? If I told you go buy as many months worth of food as you could with just what you have right now, how much could you buy? Exactly, Chris. Chris is looking at his right now. Oh, I know. I know how this works. Well, you have to do that for this trip out west. The wagon costs, the supplies for the wagon costs. If you can't do it yourself, and many times people couldn't, you have to hire people to run the animals, to run the wagon. Oh, and did I mention the animals? There's another car. Are you picking up what I'm putting down here? It's not easy, and it's not cheap to pack up your family and move across the country. Which brings us to a name that you may recognize. Where we're going today, if you haven't figured it out already, the year is 1846, and the family's name is the Donner family. We're talking about the Donner party. Now, it should be noted, and this is going to be a critical part of our story, the Donner family, we'll get to how it got called the Donner party in just a little bit, the Donner family is actually not the main protagonist, antagonist, anti-hero of the story. It's actually the Reed family. There are more. There's more than just these two, but it's the Donners and the Reeds. They're separate. 
They are both rich. Now, I'm not talking Carnegie oil tycoon rich, but they're very upper middle class people. Think of half million a year type person. They're, they're doing quite well. They have their own little shop, so on and so forth. They decide they have opportunities out west because people like that are always looking for a new investment, a new way. And they are going out to make their fortune. And they do it all the way when it comes to this Donner Party. They get with several others. Again, contrary to that image you have in your mind of the single family alone rolling across the plains. Not that that didn't happen. It did. But in general, these migrations west, they happened with as many people together as humanly possible. Why? Because it's a whole lot safer. You need companions. But the Donners and the Reeds, they pull together everything they need. The wagons, multiple, multiple wagons. The oxen, the cattle, horses, teamsters to drive them. And they're aiming west. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Gold needs to be part of your portfolio. And this gets confusing when you start talking about gold because there's so many fly-by-night companies out there and so much misinformation out there. I am not telling you to go get a pirate's chest full of gold. Actually, maybe I should tell you that because that'd be awesome. But no, there's such thing as a gold IRA. You know what IRAs are and Roth IRAs. There's a gold IRA. Gold IRAs are a great way to diversify your portfolio and make sure some of your assets are safer than others. You've seen the Dow. You know about the election. You know what happens in election season. Fortunes are made. Fortunes are lost. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. Go get your gold IRA and get it today. The Jesse Kelly Show. Now, there's something you need to know about each of these families, and it's going to come into play today. Okay? The Donners appear to be, and I did plenty of reading on this last night, they appear to be relatively unassuming people. I mean, just kind of laid back, not too boisterous, not too anything, relatively unassuming people. The reeds, again, the reeds are more the focus of this story. Mr. Reed is not unassuming. He is, as you're going to see as we follow along here, 
wildly unpopular within the group. He comes off as I, I, I just every 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 account says this, and the the crazy thing and the creepy thing. I highly recommend you dig more into it than I'm going to give you today. Although I'm probably going to go long today. I'm go, I'm giving you a lot. You can have letters and diaries from the people in the party, and they are heartbreaking and they're hard. I actually watched a documentary on this a long time ago. Gosh. I think it was called The Donner Party by Rick Burns. You know, Ken Burns does all those great documentaries. I believe he, I believe Rick is his brother, and his brother did one, and he had lots of the letters, and he would read it in there, and oh, heavy, heavy. It's on PBS, Gritch? No way. All right, cool. There you go. But Reed comes off poorly, very poorly. A very headstrong guy, aristocratic guy. They had an extra luxury wagon built just for them, two stories, extra wide with a stove in it. The kind of people who, and I have no problem, obviously, as you know, I have no problem with rich people or poor people. I've, I really kind of get along with all of them as long as you're not a jerk about being poor or a jerk about being rich. That's all I care about. However, there's also a certain way to conduct yourself in certain circles. Everybody knows the guy who has to tell you how much money he makes, how many houses he has. Look at my jet skis. Oh, did I tell you about my wife's jewelry? Did I mention how much money I spent on it? And guess what? I'm sorry if you're this person, but you need to hear this. Nobody likes that guy. Nobody in the history. And I understand it comes from a place of insecurity. That's why you talk like that. Nobody in the history of mankind has heard you describe your second house, how much you spent on your car and walked away thinking, Oh man, that guy's really cool. It's never happened in history. Everybody internally rolls their eyes. That sounds like Mr. Reed. He really rubbed people the wrong way. They gather together and they take off. And remember, it's more than just the Donners and Reeds. There's other families. There's guys driving the wagons. There's a bunch of single dudes along, out striking adventure. They are heading out west for the big adventure. And they have a plan, a different plan. There's a man by the name of Lansford Hastings. Lansford Hastings is this hustler. Maybe that's unfair to him. He comes off like a guy with delusions of grandeur. He sees himself as being, I I read something on it. He saw himself as being the next Sam Houston. You know, Sam Houston basically founded Texas, the first governor of Texas. He's a, it's, it's, you know, that kind of thing. Lansford Hastings sees himself as being that only in California. He pens in a newsletter to California immigrants, people who want to go there. And as part of this newsletter, he tells them, this route you've all been taking to California, it's totally wrong. That is the long way. He has something he calls the Hastings Cutoff, where Instead of looping around the Great Salt Desert and looping around the Sierra Nevadas, 
I have a route through each of them, and it can save you three or four hundred miles. It's easy to scoff at something like that. But remember, let's keep this in mind. I don't know how you operate. Maybe not this way. I have three or four different routes home from the studio. I Google map them every day before I leave to see which one is one minute faster than the other. I mean, I read this story and and I watch things on this story and I'm doing the same things you're doing. Don't take the shortcut, idiot. It's not even proven. Take the one everybody knows. But then I think about myself and I think three or 400 miles by wagon at best. You're going to see they're making 15 miles a day in the wagon at worst two. What's three or 400 miles equals there? Tough to pass that up, but that's the route they decide they're going to take. But keep in mind, you don't just veer off towards Hastings cut off right away. You join with a gigantic wagon train of all kinds of different people at first to head out west. This is much, much more than just the Donner Party you would know of right now. It's a gigantic wagon train, again, for safety. Everybody goes to Independence, Missouri. Independence, Missouri at that time was basically the furthest west civilized society went. And because of that, Independence, Missouri got fabulously, fabulously wealthy. You learned um, the real money isn't in going out west. It's in going to the post that sets people up to go out west. I'm not going out west. I'm going to sell wagon axles. I'm going to sell salt. I'm going to sell sugar. I'm going to sell this. I'm going to sell that to the people who are going west. It's no different than we mentioned the gold booms. You know who got wealthy in the gold booms? It wasn't the guys panning for nuggets of gold in the river, although a few of them did. It was the guy who set up shop and sold them the pickaxes they need to go do all that stuff. Those were the guys who got really wealthy. Make your living selling things to the suckers, not being one of them. Everyone gathers in Independence, Missouri. And with the exception of the Hastings cutoff plan, this is not a half-cocked journey here. Again, these are wealthy people and they have planned this and they've hired professionals. They have, uh, this is fine, right? As of right now, everything's fine. Remember that Hastings cutoff newsletter I just talked about though, about how he has a different route out West. Hastings had never actually tried it. Actually, more specifically, He'd never actually tried it in a wagon, and certainly not in a wagon train. Nevertheless, he pens this long newsletter. People eat it up, and he wants people to take his route. This is a man trying to establish himself, make his fortune. And they, in big wagon trains like this, realize that you're going to have Uh, An entire gamut of people. You're going to have old men, old women, young men, bachelors, singles. You're going to have, you're going to have really good people in there. You're going to have really bad people in there. 
It's just the nature of getting together a whole bunch of strangers and heading to a new place. That's the way it goes. They start heading out west, and tragedy comes almost immediately. Hang on. Running into our first bit of tragedy. I guess I maybe oversold the tragedy part at first. Grandma dies. The Reed grandma dies. It's not as if grandma dying is not a tragedy, but it wasn't some tragic accident or something like that. It was, she's old. She wanted to come along. She wasn't in the best health, according to many sources, when she left. And this is hard living. And you see people run into this time and time again with various adventures they go on. You definitely see city people run into this a lot. Of you get, you get an idea in your mind of what something is, and it turns out that's not what something is. Luxury double-decker wagon or not, life in a wagon train is not enjoyable, one, and it certainly ain't comfortable, two. And you know what? The food ain't great. 1800s or not, when they're back at their place where they left from, you have a little steak for dinner. You got a little extra seasoning laying around. Mmm, that steak's a little better. Ooh, you know what? We've been home all day. One of our servants made her homemade hot apple pie. Ooh, a little homemade whipped cream with it, too. You ain't eating no apple pies out there in the wagon train. Or not many of them, I should say. Even though the Reeds, again, did bring a personal chef along. Remember when I said the Reeds rub people the wrong way? They had a personal chef. You understand what I mean? Life just gets harder. She passes on. I did think it was pretty cool. I don't know why I find this part cool. They buried her there, put a headstone on it. And they're heading out west. Remember, this is still... The big, big wagon train portion. This is not just the Donners and Reeds yet. Grandma dies. They get out to Fort Laramie. Fort Laramie is one of these humongous forts, and it's essentially what you need to think of. You need to think of Fort Laramie a couple different ways. One, it's a big fort where everybody going west is going to go there. They're going to go there. They're going to resupply. They're going to figure out what's what. They're going to get word about what's out west because people from out west are constantly coming back now, spreading word around. We're having trouble with these Indian tribes here. Avoid that. This territory is doing this. There's, you know, word word of mouth was thing, something that saved your life back then. So you were always leaning on the understanding of people who had just come the way you're going. This is wild country. And anybody who's ever been out west... I grew up in the Rocky Mountains. I'm telling you, I know you're from Texas and you think you're country. 
You don't have any idea what country is, Jack. It is wild out there and inhospitable, to put it mildly. And I'm not ta- and I didn't grow up in an era where somebody could take my scalp while I slept. You go into the mountains, the plains, the foothills out there, you feel like a tiny speck on God's foot. That's what it feels like. It is wild and dangerous, and the weather can kill you, and the animals can kill you, and it's nuts. How do you think it was in 1846? They get to Fort Laramie and read, and he is... He takes a lot of blame for what's going to happen in our story today. A lot of blame. And I'm not here to absolve the man from it. You just know I don't like I don't like people who are only painted as villains in history because I often find if you dig a little more, that's some propaganda. That's people always wanting someone to blame. However, there is no escape and there's no excuse. For what happens here at Fort Laramie, Reed and others personally meet with a long established 47 year old mountain man who had just come from out west. This is a man who lives, eats, sleeps and breathes in the wilderness. If he tells you he can smell that rain's coming three weeks from now, rain's coming three weeks from now. Those mountain men were just. I mean, the ultimate survivalists. Not only had he just come from out west, he had come from out west taking the Hastings cutoff that the Donner Party wants to take. You know that shortcut, the untried shortcut? He sits down and and tells them in no uncertain terms, he does not beat around the bush, do not take this route. You should go the normal route out west Everyone else goes. This Hastings cutoff is an absolute death trap for a wagon train. If you took the normal route, it would be difficult. He tells them this. If you took the normal route, it would be difficult. This route means death. Do not do it. And Reed ignores him. I know. I know. Chris just gave me that look. I I, I think about it every time, too. Again, Reed, one of those guys. Nah, it's a shortcut. I have a newsletter right here. And they're in communication with Lansford Hastings himself, who's ahead of them, telling them, oh, the the route is awesome. I'll meet you at the next Fort West. If you take the cutoff route, there's a fort called Fort Bridger. I'm going to meet you there. But here's what's wild about Fort Laramie. Fort Laramie, for the people heading west, Fort Laramie is the point of no return. Meaning there were plenty of people who, by the time they got to Fort Laramie, remember, this trip had already killed Grandma. By the time they got to Fort Laramie, they realized, okay, this uh, this Wild West adventure thing, not for me. I'm going to go ahead and go right on back home. And many people did, and this is where you did that. This was decision-making time. You just hop on another train heading back the other way, and you're fine. However, once you pass Fort Laramie, you don't go home. 
you can't go home. You can't go back. You have to basically get out west now because it's closer to get out west than it is back to Fort Laramie. They take off from Fort Laramie, and this is right about the time they have the great split. And I think about this moment, and actually you can Google image search this moment, I don't think that I don't think the picture on Google image is exactly of the Donner party. That would be way too big of a coincidence. Pictures weren't common enough back then. But there is the moment where if you go right, you go with the normal wagon train. You take this wide loop around the Great Salt Desert and the Sierra Nevada Mountains. This is the standard route, well-worn wagon trails. Even that route was difficult, but standard. And that's where almost everybody went. Or this young hotshot, Lansford Hastings, has this cutoff. He says it's shorter. Or you can go left, and you can take the Hastings cutoff route and save yourself some time. This is where the Donners and the Reeds and some others They went left when almost the entire wagon train went right. They are now heading towards Fort Bridger. They get to Fort Bridger, and we need to talk about Fort Bridger and the man who established Fort Bridger for a moment. You know how much I love how history ties together and everything melds together. Do you remember a long time ago I did a show on Hugh Glass? The mountain man who was attacked by the bear and basically crawled for 200 miles through the wilderness because he had been left abandoned in the wilderness by his two mountain man friends. They thought he was dead, basically, or was about to die. One of those two mountain men who left him was a man by the name of Jim Bridger. And don't worry, if you missed the Hugh Glass story, one, there's kind of a cool movie about it called The Revenant. Two, I'm going to do another Hugh Glass story one of these days. Don't worry. Talk about Jim Bridger. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Jim Bridger, 
and I am not here to disrespect Jim Bridger, but it's time to be very frank about Jim Bridger. He was a long-established mountain man. He might be the most famous mountain man of all time. I grew up in Bozeman, Montana. Well, I moved there when I was 10. And the major, I mean, there are mountain ranges all around it, but the major mountain range that's essentially touching Bozeman is the Bridger Mountains. It's Bridger everything. The ski, the ski resort is Bridger Bowl. This man is famous out west. At this point, he has established Fort Bridger. He's established Fort Bridger with some shops and places people can resupply along the Hastings cutoff. He's a man trying to make some money for himself. Not being an entrepreneur. But he's also a man, one, very famous. All these people would have heard of him. Well thought of. Invested in the Hastings cutoff being successful. They get to Fort Bridger, and I don't want to sit and act like this was a universal thing that everybody in the group was totally on board with taking this shortcut. The women reportedly, especially in the group, were not on board with this shortcut. They wanted to go the other way. Apparently, they took a big vote, and none of the women got to vote. (laughs) All the men 13 and older got to vote. And then it said if the women got to vote, they would not have gone this way. Maybe the only time in history women voting would have helped. Quick, Chris, we can make jokes. But truth is, the women didn't want to go. Many of the men didn't want to go. People are apprehensive. They get to Fort Bridger in one Hastings, of course, isn't there. He'd taken off a few days beforehand with another bigger wagon train. Leaves them a note saying, I'll just catch up or I'll I'll be back. Sorry, I had to move on. They talk to Bridger and Bridger tells them, oh, it's fine. You should, this is the way to go. You are in luck. This is the way to go here. And we need to take a moment here. Because it's going to get to a point in our story where this is going to matter. This wagon train, the Donner Party, they were lackadaisical, to put it mildly, when it comes to speed. They were really, like I said, they come off, they come off hard like a privileged, wealthy, upper-middle-class family or group of people who are used to comfort. And these trips are all, every single one of them, timed and timed for a reason. You must be here by this point. You must be here by this point. Not for, you know, some kind of weird, weird, random schedule, because if you don't, You're going to die. The weather is going to kill you. You have to be across this point by this point. You have to be across this point by September 15th. By October 1st, you have to be here. By this point, you have to be here. And yet, the story of them so far already is, oh, man, that was a tough couple days. Let's take a couple days by this river. 
Oh, look at how pretty this is. Look at the prairie. Can we take a couple days here? Oh, you know what? Grandma's tired. Can we take an extra day? And it's this time and time and time again. Not once. Throughout the story, there's a day here, a day there, three days here, four days there of things like this. Remember I said that. Remember I said that. They push on from Fort Bridger. They find a note from Lansford Hastings tied to a post in the road saying, ahead, the road is bad. You should try to find me, and I'm going to try to find you a a, a new, you know, we'll, we'll try to figure out something. Reed, by now, is starting to get a little nervous. Mr. Reed, this is going very, very poorly. Very poorly. Remember when I said in the beginning they would go various distances, but roughly 15 miles a day. That's a big oversimplification. Some days it would be better. Some days it would be worse. They're now, because there is no trail, they're hacking their way through it. This is going poorly. They're now getting like two miles a day. Reed is mad. Reed gets on a horse and books it on ahead and catches up with Hastings. And gives it to him. What is wrong with you? You, Where are you? You didn't wait for us. This trail sucks. You said all this worked. And now remember, he's embarrassed. This was Reed's idea. This was Reed who pushed for this. Help me out now. Hastings says, oh, oh, sorry. I mean, no, I'm not coming back with you. I can't do that. Here, try this route. Try, try, Try going this other way instead. Reed goes back. People are now getting very upset and starting to cuss this Lansford Hastings, who's not where he says he's going to be. And soon we get another death. And now it's about to get rough. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Somebody else dies. He dies of consumption. And in general, consumption means tuberculosis. I don't want to say this guy died of tuberculosis, though, because 
Medical diagnosis wasn't the best back in the time. And consumption oftentimes meant a lot of different things. All they say is he died of consumption. All right. Okay. They're marching on and they get to the Great Salt Desert, the Great Salt Flat. And they get to the edge of this vast expanse of waterless hell. And there's another note from Hastings saying, two days hard riding to water. And they're thinking, okay, well, that's that's not ideal, but we can do this. We got our oxen, we got our cattle, we got some horses. Let's start gathering supplies. Two days worth. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. It is time to take on the Great Salt Desert. They acquire a bunch of water, a bunch of what they think they'll need, mainly for the oxen and themselves. And keep in mind, an oxen, one, drinks 20 gallons of water in a day. When's the last time you picked up one gallon of water? Now picture a bunch of oxen needing 20 gallons of water a day. How much in supplies do you have to gather to make it two days across the salt desert? But they want to be safe, so they pack for three days across the salt desert. And they start churning across the salt desert and find out there's a reason everybody has avoided the salt desert. It is a living hell. Scorching hot. No water, no nothing. And it does this weird thing where this salty, mud, bubbly marsh stuff actually makes your wagon sink and break. The group actually ends up getting a little bit separated from each other. And it ain't two days. After three days, they still can't see the end of it. And now they're running out of food. And now... The oxen are starting to go insane with thirst. In fact, Reed, surprise, surprise, who got separated from the group, his teamster hand, his guy running the team, untied them. His oxen took off, almost all of them, because they were mad with thirst, took off to go find oxen. The Reeds almost died at this moment because they had to abandon their wagons their luxury wagons, take only what they could carry and walk trying to catch up to the rest of the group. Had they not found the actual donors, they would have died. And they laid down at night 
And the desert, the Great Salt Desert, gets freezing at night because it doesn't retain any of the heat during the day. They had to pile the family dogs on top of themselves to keep themselves from freezing to death that night. It takes them five days to get through the desert. They are now getting weak big time. They are now cursing Hastings a lot. They're now starting to get concerned. It's starting to creep in. Uh Uh-oh. I don't. I don't know if we're going to survive this. What's that moment like? When you're, you know, it's a dangerous trip, but it's organized. You've hired professionals. Everything's going fine. I don't know if we're going to survive this. I mean, I've had moments, plenty of moments in my life where I didn't know if I was going to survive. We did one one time. We were on vacation. And I wanted to go deep sea fishing. Now, I like fishing. I'm not obsessed with it, but I enjoy fishing a lot. Not necessarily deep sea fishing because I haven't lived most of my life by the ocean. But I wanted to try it and see if I like it. And it is a blast. Highly recommend it. We obviously rent a boat that has a captain on it and has a crew on it. And this is a nice place. We're staying at a nice resort on the beach. It's a nice vacation. And we spend this money and we get this nice boat. I mean, nice boat. It's it's, it's really nice in my mind. And we take off out on the water to go do some deep sea fishing that day. And I don't know who screwed up where. I guess this probably always goes on the captain, but I certainly can't absolve myself of any responsibility. But a terrible Terrible storm blew up. And this is one of these boats that had a tall, tall second deck on it. And this storm, the waves were above the second deck on the boat around us. The captain himself, the established ocean guy, was visibly shaken and scared. Get your life jackets on. Get here. Get ready. It was was a moment, I'll tell you that much. I've been in other situations, as you well know, where I could easily have died in situations where I thought I was frankly, frankly probably going to. This is one of the moments in my life that stands out because it went from being a mildly dangerous, fun excursion on the ocean to... Oh, man, we really might die today. And you're looking around at the waves over the second deck and the boats going up and down. And and I don't mean bobbing up and down. I mean you are taking on water as it downs in certain places. And you're looking around and you find yourself looking at the water. And I remember being weirdly calm about it, like almost, almost like I was outside it looking in. I remember looking at the water and thinking, Man, I might drown in that water here in just a few. That would suck. And I know that sounds flippant. I wasn't trying to be flippant. I wasn't being brave about it. I just remember like, like having that experience of looking at it of this is insane. We were just fishing on a nice boat. 
and now I might die in that water. This is crazy. Flippant, Chris, like flippant, like no big deal about it. I wasn't trying to be no big deal about it. It was, it was, it was such a, it was such a change from where we just were earlier in the day. It was crazy to me. And I imagine when I, when I talk about this trip, the Donner party, the things they went to through, I imagine that this salt desert, when they got across it or while they were crossing it, I imagine this is when, and you can tell from their letters, it was starting to hit home. We might die. We actually might die on our way out west. Now, I went a little long with all this beginning stuff today. So you're officially cut off. I'm going to finish the rest of this Donner Party story tomorrow. I had not planned on doing a two-parter, but I don't really plan on anything. So now you're screwed. (laughs) I'm kidding. We'll come back. I'll finish it tomorrow. I just, there's a lot, a lot left in this story. And look, we have to pay homage to the story, period. So we, Chris, are moving on. Also, I do need to mention, tomorrow is, I realize, your favorite show. We get all the radio numbers. I'm thrilled that you love it. I love it too. We have a blast. We don't go heavy on the politics. Tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Remember that. You can send in your questions now, or you can call in. If I don't answer, or I should say a phone screen or Mitchell doesn't answer, leave a voicemail. We'll play the voicemail. Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your questions in. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I cannot stress this enough. Your questions do not have to be political. I realize we're three days away from an election. I realize many of you listen to the show because it's political. It can be political, your questions can, but they don't have to be. As you've seen from the past ones, they can be wild and goofy, and they can be history, and they can be anything you want. I don't care. The point of it is this. On Fridays, isn't there enough to stress out about around here? We take it easy. All right. Let's dig into some news of the day. Hang on. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. 
For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Who was there for heroes or the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans? And who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran Programs comprise their In the Line of Duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. Over 80 walks, runs, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is educating kids in kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time tired of restless nights at lisa we know good sleep is essential for mental physical and emotional health from memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.